Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to Top Stories. I am producer Chris. We're going back to a more innocent time now. How we laughed over the Lisbon Treaty in June 2008. It's issue 34. You will know us by our knobbly fruit. Top story this week, Europe. Ireland was thrust into the political limelight for uh, something other than being historically persecuted by Britain when it voted no on the ratification of the Lisbon Treaty. And I know what you're thinking, Buglers. The ratification of the Lisbon Treaty, that is a comic goldmine. <laughs> John, Andy, helmets on, sacks out, canaries in a cage, get digging. <laughs> well, I mean, you're absolutely right, of course. And um, what, you know, it is tempting to fall back on some of our old Lisbon Treaty ratification material, <laughs> but we've managed to resist that. And this is all new stuff. All killer, no filler. Although, if any of this does sound familiar, you have to understand that there is bound to be some overlap with other comedians' Lisbon Treaty ratification <laughs> material. That's just natural when you're in generic territory. That's right, Europe, the continent that has brought the world celebrities such as Julius Caesar, Nostradamus and Virginia Wade, is in turmoil. <laughs> Ireland, the country that has brought the world such phenomena as the Irish, Guinness and disgraced swimmer Michel de Bruyne, voted <laughs> no to the Lisbon Treaty. Now, no one in Europe really knows what the Lisbon Treaty is or how it would work, but people don't like it anyway, and in that respect it mirrors my own attitude towards molecular biology. I think, John, part of the opposition stems from the word treaty itself, which is a very misleading word, John. It sounds like it's going yeah. to be full of treats, whereas, well, yeah, in fact, they're mostly full of clauses, which you know, aren't as much fun. Yeah. And you wouldn't go trick or clausing on Halloween, would you? Well, well, you, you wouldn't might. do that. Well, you might, but you'd be left at the end of the evening with an incomprehensible jumble of mutually aggravating vested interests, which isn't what you want if you're dressed as a pumpkin. <laughs> it's healthier, though. 
Well, the problem was any treaty in the EU has to be ratified by all 27 EU nations, which, for a continent that gets on as well as Europe does, is a bit of a stretch. But you're talking about 27 nations who spent at least 10% of the last century not only thinking about how to kill each other, giving it a pretty good try as well. Some of us will vote against what we ourselves want solely to annoy another nation. Now that we can't be at war with each other, we just have to irritate one another instead. It's like retired boxers who live next door to each other, sitting in rocking chairs all day and calling each other dicks. In fact, the only reason that we're not at war right now is that we couldn't agree over whether to have one or not. (laughs) And some people say that why should a few thousand voters in Ireland spoil the fun of thousands and thousands and thousands of bureaucrats across the whole of Europe. It seems a little bit undemocratic to me, John. And bear in mind that Ireland is a country that has never actually been invaded by Germany and therefore barely counts as being part of Europe. The Lisbon Treaty can't be ratified until it's been approved uh, by all uh, the 27 members, as John said. So it does now appear to be as dead in the water as a ferret which escaped two weeks ago from a submarine. Was that it? No, that that no, no, that wasn't it. (laughs) That wasn't it. I feel now that my claim of doing my most contrived ever joke is now distracting you from <laughs> from the podcast. It's a fun game. <laughs> but it's it's very hard to know what to think of the Lisbon Treaty, John, because uh, I don't know anything about it, and yeah. there's too much sport on telly, realistically, for me ever to be able to read it. That's the basic British attitude towards, towards it. We like to ignore Europe in general. We're not part of it, that's why, Andy. We're not part of that landmass. We're, we're on our own. Well, I think plate tectonics would disagree with you on that one, John. <laughs> no, we're definitely not part of it, Andy. There's water there. I listened to Destiny's Child's take on the European <laughs> issue, which is we're independent. All right. And everyone should throw their hands up at us. <laughs> I think they do throw their hands up at us, John, but unfortunately they throw their hands up with their two fingers extended. <laughs> the things in our museums, we stole them. <laughs> But, uh, Britain, we've, we've been sceptical about the influence of Europe uh, in Britain, John, pretty much ever since the Romans pitched up and said, hey, guys, you look freezing, your faces have turned blue. What say we look after this place and teach you all about underfloor central heating? <laughs> and uh, the, the prevailing British attitude remains, what have we ever got from the European Union? All they've ever done is confiscate our measurements, make us pay for some French farmer to lean on his pitchfork smoking gitans, and insist that the ingredients of the Great British Sausage are no longer covered by the Official Secrets Act. Well, what? I'll tell you the ingredients of that sausage. Yes. Britain. Britain and the hooves. <laughs> it's a disgrace. In other Europe news, the European Parliament has passed some new rules dealing with illegal immigration, under which illegal immigrants can be detained for up to 18 months and face a five-year re-entry ban. Quite harsh measures, these, against illegal immigrants uh, coming into Europe. And I think, John, there is more than a splosh of irony sauce in this legislative sausage sandwich, given that the European Union is an organisation, one of whose primary functions and purposes is to allow the free flow of people between countries, and it's now stamping down on the free flow of people between countries. The solution, of course, is for the EU to keep expanding until every country in the world is a member. At the current rate, that will be around the year 2085, and that will bring an end to all immigration. Now, can you guess, John, I'll give you... One guess. Who has been mouthing off about Europe's latest set of rules? OK, OK. Just one guess you're giving me. One guess. Is it the tabloid press? No, no, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a single global political figure who likes oh. to mouth off about stuff. OK. 
I mean, I feel I'm stuck now between Chavez and Armadinidia. Right, you're very much on the right table tennis table oh, now. Oh, okay. Which side okay. are you going to serve from? Armadinidia. No, it was Chavez. It oh, was Chavez. No! <laughs> yeah, and guess what he's threatening to do, John? Can what? you guess? He is threatening to hold back oil. Exactly what he's trying. Yes. <laughs> exactly what he's doing, John. Classic threat. Classic threat. Oh, it's a textbook piece of Chavez. Some people are saying, come on, big man, wheel out some new material. But, no, you know, no, 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 why no. change a winning formula? It's a classic. It's like Woody Allen's <laughs> moose routine. <laughs> also, the European Commission has said that it wants to loosen the rules that prevents knobbly fruit and vegetables being put for sale alongside fruit and vegetables that aren't knobbly and are there regularly shaped. Now, that is a story, Andy. <laughs> we love those stories. Anything where the EU tells us how long our Mars bars can't be... <laughs> Uh, for some reason, we're much more irritated and interested about stories like that than covert draconian dehumanising immigration laws. <laughs> a statement from the Office of the Agriculture Commissioner, Marianne fisher Bowl said, In an era of high prices and growing demand, this makes more sense than just throwing them away. Now, arguably, right. you could say that that would make more sense in an era of low prices and negligible demand, not throwing away perfectly good food. But I think, not good enough, Commissioner Bell. I'm a citizen of Europe. I did not fight two world wars so that I would have to eat slightly misshapen vegetables. Admittedly, John, some of the world's hungrier nations might say to Europe, what the f***? What is your f- problem? You're throwing away your misshapen vegetables, and as a result, I'm about to throw away my misshapen child. Among the vegetables no longer having to meet the strict EU standards of shapeliness are carrots, courgettes and aubergines. Oh, yeah. Now, it does look increasingly like this entire batch of vegetable shape-related legislation was essentially designed to avoid nuns getting offended by rude-shaped food in the supermarket. (laughs) The regulations for fruit and vegetables were extremely detailed, Andy, specifying their design, appearance, weight, size and other features. For example, regulation number 1292-81... Oh, what a beauty. Oh, yeah. I mean, that laid down the quality standards for leeks, aubergines and courgettes. <laughs> and it states that for Class 1 leeks, the white part of the leek must represent at least one-third of the total length or half the sheathed part. <laughs> and for aubergines, the difference between the smallest and largest aubergines in the same package must not exceed 20 millimetres for <laughs> elongated aubergines and 25 millimetres for globus aubergines. There is every possibility, Andy, that under current EU law, aubergines have the same, if not more, rights than people. (laughs) So, essentially, that is what Europe can actually agree upon. Not being prejudiced against knobbly fruit. (laughs) What an alliance, Andy. The next superpower. You will know us by our knobbly fruit. Oh, what days. Fun, fun, fun. Hear more of our shows, buy our book and donate here. Thebuglepodcast.com